the internet is a confusing place, at least according to the iBuyer ad that popped up in my Facebook feed. Uh, I clicked on it and I was immediately taken to another dimension in reality. In today's episode, we'll discuss whether an iBuyer is right for you in order to avoid paying commission. And no, I'm not here to dissuade you from using one or not using one. And in today's pro tip, we'll discuss how to compete against a cash offer when you're financing. We know pre-qualification is important. We know pre-approval's better, but what beats pre-approval? No, this is not another dimension. This is Real Estate for the Rest of Us. It's the podcast from the land of misfit toys. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Mike Duran, and I am fired up, and I'm not talking about playoff hockey Although this is a true fact, the Golden Knights have never missed the playoffs ever in their entire existence. Uh, Making their second run at the Stanley Cup this uh, season, go Knights go. But before I can enjoy playoff hockey, I got to talk to you about this uh, ad that popped up in my Facebook feed. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way. um, That would be a mild way to put it. it. It did get me pretty fired up. I was actually pretty upset about it and and. You know, I know we don't know each other all that well, but uh, I'm a pretty even-keeled guy. There isn't a whole lot that gets under my skin. My personal philosophy um, towards other real estate brokerages and real estate agents, advertise your own way. Uh, It's not my business to to tell anyone how they should advertise or not advertise. But uh, this particular ad that came up, it was for an iBuyer called Open Door. You've probably heard of them before. It wasn't an ad per se so much as it was a uh, PR piece. The headline was along the lines of uh, the internet is a confusing place. Let's have a conversation. And, uh, you know, it was designed to dispel some of the um, what they were categorizing as the misinformation um, surrounding uh, Open Door's policy and um, some of the comments that had been made in, in social. And as you might imagine, I mean, there were some negative comments from, uh, let's just say primarily um, real estate professionals, but uh, it's not fair to um, to paint everybody with the same brushstroke. In any case, I clicked on the ad and uh, it took me to their website. And I would categorize it as uh, a propaganda piece. And I, do, I don't mean that... Um, as a pejorative, I, you know, uh, negative press about them or negative comments about them, and they've taken it upon themselves to reset and reframe the conversation. The page that I went to was called uh, Misconceptions About Open Door, and it listed, um, I'll have to check the website really quick. I think it's like six to seven misconceptions uh, about Open Door. And just looking right now, here we go. So it's got about uh, six bullet points or six items uh, before it gets into their uh, final thoughts. I'm not going to go through them. Uh, I am going to do a future podcast on iBuyers uh, in in general. I wanted to talk about the one, uh, you know, the ad directed me to. It wasn't even the the page that um, they got me. <laughs> they got me upset. You know, they had one of the things that was in there was agents are saying um, all these negative comments about them. I will be the first to tell you that I don't think I've had a conversation with an agent about disruptors 
that hasn't been negative, but there are a lot of agents that feel like um, their livelihood is being threatened. And, you know, some of these uh, agents have, have been in the profession for 20 plus years or, you know, um, they've got a lot invested in it and they are worried personally. I think this is one of the best things to ever happen to the industry. And uh, for a lot of reasons, and again, I'll do a separate podcast on uh, on disruptors, but I want to get back to um, this particular ad and what was so upsetting about it. So it wasn't the the page, and they did have one item in there that said, um, you know, not all agents think we're bad. You know, here's a um, here's a level headed agent um, that did a review and had a great experience for uh, from us, and it was you know Jill from Phoenix. Uh, has been a realtor for 13 years and, you know, they had a quote from her and then they had a link in there. Um, you know, they, uh, had highlighted, uh, you know, her, her testimonial. And so I clicked on the link and it went to a YouTube video and, um, you know, it said video not available (laughs) any longer. I guess Jill changed her mind, but while I was in YouTube and I'm pretty active on YouTube, I just typed in really quick open door reviews and shouldn't be a surprise. Um, the top 10 that came up, I'd say nine of them were from real estate agents. And, you know, it, most of it was like, uh, you know, open doors, a scam or, you know, open doors, terrible or don't use open door. I'm not interested in any of those. What I was looking for was, you know, was like a, somebody who'd actually used open door. And so there was a guy that was on there um, and his uh, was like, a, you know, update on open door review. And so I clicked on it. And it was his review really that I really found upsetting. And, uh, the, you know, this is a guy who wasn't an investor. He was just an everyday average uh, Joe. He had uh, sold his, do- his home to Open Door. And uh, he kind of went through and, and actually the review, I'll just cut to the chase. The review was actually very, you know, p- very positive for Open Door. I mean, he wasn't like jumping out of his chair and, and endorsing them. But, you know, he was saying that, you know, overall, he had a pretty positive experience. He had some nice things to say about them. I, you know, I'm sure they were professional and courteous. Just to kind of highlight it, um, he was talking about how easy they had made it for him. He went through the things that they did, and he was talking about the offer that they made. And he said, you know, that they they came in um, slightly below market, Um and he said, you know, that was fine because he didn't have any commissions to pay because uh, he didn't use an agent. And when he gets to the next point, he said, you know, they charged me 6% real estate fee, which is what I would have paid to a real estate agent. And that's what set me off. There is a big misconception about commissions. What was upsetting and one of the reasons I even clicked on this ad to even begin with is just by coincidence I was writing a blog post about commissions and, and how misunderstood they are. And uh, as a matter of fact, by the time this podcast publishes, is probably going to be up on the website. You can check it out if you would like. Um, it's welcomehomelv.com slash blog. And um, it should be the most recent one uh, that's up by the time you're listening to the podcast. But uh, anyway, I, I digress. One of the things about commissions is they are... Uh, negotiable. So he said um, uh, that they had charged him 6%. That's what a real estate agent would have charged. And that is not correct. Real estate commissions are negotiable, but you don't pay 6%, 5%, 10%, whatever percent to a real estate agent like it's a tip. 
You don't pay a commission for the joy of working with a real estate agent. You're paying for a service. And specifically, you're paying for representation. That's what you're paying for. And so when he says, I paid open door 6% in real estate fees, which is what I would have paid to a real estate agent, that's not correct. What he would have paid to a real estate agent for his 6% is actually he would have paid 3% to his listing agent, and the other 3% would have gone as a co-op to the buyer's agent for bringing a qualified buyer with a bona fide offer. That's what the co-op's for. But let's get back to that 3% that he would have paid to his listing agent, and that is to market his property and get him the best price for his home, in addition to representing him in the transaction. So when he paid open door 6% in real estate fees, and I'm air quoting this real estate fees, that's like tipping the valet when you parked your own car. I mean, let's take a step back here because he's selling his home to open door. Imagine that you were doing for sale by owner and you were going to sell your house on your own and you go and you put a for sale sign in your front yard. Somebody comes and knocks on your door, tells you what your home is worth and then makes you an offer below that. And then you agree to the terms. Both of you are unrepresented. So, well, you're unrepresented. They're they're actually in the industry, but you're unrepresented. Okay, so no commissions. And great, you've agreed to um, you've agreed to a sales price and uh, or a purchase price, and you've agreed to all the terms, and you sign all the contracts, and they provide all the paperwork. Great, and then you pay them six percent to buy your home, and that's what this guy did. He paid open door. He literally paid open door to buy his home. I mean, how ridiculous is that? You know, when I was when I went back to Open Door's page, you know, they flat out say, stated in one of their their misconceptions about um, about Open Door that they said, you know, that we charge. You know, one of the misconceptions is that they charge excess fees and um, that they, you know, cost more. And they said, no, we cost less than using a realtor. With a realtor, you'll spend, you know, five to six percent, and they're less than that. But then when I got to the bottom of the page and I clicked on another link on Open Doors page, because I was, again, just doing research, on the next page, it literally said that they charge between 6 and, wait for it, 13%. Up to 13%. This is on Open Doors' own website. And they flat out stated they charge up to 13% of the purchase price in fees, keeping in mind that they're already buying your house below market value. But I want to get back to this guy that made the video. This is an everyday, you know, average Joe. You've got a service here that is promoting themselves like they're doing him a favor and, you know, they're making the transaction easy. And look, I'm not passing judgment on anybody that sells their home to an iBuyer or if they want to do for sale by owner or anything like that. How they handle their transaction and how they do their business is their business. And it's not for me to pass judgment on it. Everybody has a different situation. But what was upsetting for me was that this guy firmly believed that Open Door was doing him a favor and he didn't even realize that he was paying them to buy his house. And he thought that he was saving in commissions and he's like, well, I would have paid this real estate fee to an agent. No, you wouldn't. He also 
erroneously stated, Open Door did not require him to do any repairs, which a real estate agent would have required him to do. They don't. Real estate agent doesn't require you to make repairs. Now, there are some agents who will say, hey, look, I can't take the listing unless you're going to do X, Y, and Z. But yeah, if you're going to sell your home to somebody with uh, with a mortgage, you know, FHA loan or a conventional loan or a VA, that requires a home inspection. It requires that certain things be done, especially for VA and FHA loans. They do have certain requirements, but we're talking about pretty basic stuff. And again, not passing judgment. I mean... You could have an older home or even a newer home that has an electrical issue or maybe a, a roofing repair that needs to be done that the owner can't afford to make. But you can still sell your home with a real estate agent and just has to be a cash buyer. There is an FHA loan that you can take out, that a buyer can take out, that includes repairs that don't have to be done up front. It's a little more work. Actually, it's a lot more work, but it can be done. Anyway, last thing about this, because I want to move on. I want to get to pro tips, but... Last thing I want to say is he did comment about, um, you know, the negative comments from uh, from real estate agents. And he said, you know, real estate agents um, are upset or they're only upset with Open Door because they're losing money. I would have to disagree with that statement. I think that there are agents who are upset with Open Door and other disruptors in the industry, um, other iBuyers and other disruptors in the industry. Not upset, uh, but again, nervous and threatened, you know, feel threatened that their life that they could lose their livelihood. And so I think some of the comments that are not researched, you know, negative comments without really knowing any facts or anything like that are stemming from feeling threatened. But I disagree that agents are upset because they're losing money. I buyers aren't new. Uh, we've had I buyers for years. Um, this is just a different uh, method of marketing it. Uh, but iBuyers aren't new, and quite frankly, the people who work with iBuyers aren't the people who are going to be working with a traditional real estate agent anyway. I think that they are expanding their, their market share, but when you look at the total number of transactions, um, you know it, it's not like everybody in the world is going to start selling to, uh, to iBuyers. In fact, iBuyers will only... Uh, your house has to meet certain criteria, otherwise they um, they aren't interested. They're also not... Um, well, open doors, not in every market, um, and neither some are um, some of these other disruptors. And there's a reason for that, too. And again, they um, will talk about disruptors in a future podcast. But the notion that real estate agents are only being negative uh, or making negative comments is because they're losing money. I'm not upset because I felt like I lost money. I didn't. This guy's not even in the same state as me. Um, quite frankly, I've never lost any business to any of these disruptors. That doesn't upset me. What upsets me is that this guy was relying on bad information. Again, for most people, their home is the biggest investment that they're ever going to make. And he left equity on the table that this company took advantage of his lack of information and quite frankly fed him misinformation or were complacent and didn't try and correct him. He didn't lose money per se, but he probably could have made more money off off his investment. Anyway, in any case, in the video, we seem to be rather happy with this transaction. And, and again, I'm not passing judgment um, on him. I don't think he's an idiot or a fool or anything like that. Not at all. But I am uh, 
that sort of thing where I feel like people get taken. And he's not the only one. By the way, I know people locally in my market who have worked with an iBuyer, and I know that they left money on the table. That, to me, is uh, is upsetting. All right, enough of that. Let's get to pro tips. When it comes to making an offer, you may have heard that cash is king. But what if you're financing? How do you compete against a cash offer? Well, in pro tips, we'll tell you how to do that. And if you're a seller, you're going to want to listen to this because it'll help you make a more informed decision. So if you're financing uh, and you're, you've already spoken to a lender, you've probably gotten a pre-qualification and your agent will likely tell you that uh, instead of getting a pre-qualification, that you should get a pre-approval. So what's the difference between the two? Well, pre-qualification is just kind of the, the quick the quick review where a lender will get your basic information. They'll run your credit. They look at your income. Uh, there's you know some some quick steps involved, but essentially you know if your financial situation looks like uh, you know this this financial situation that they've done plenty of in the past, then you should qualify for X amount of dollars. And I'm making I'm very much oversimplifying it uh, right now. Uh, for a pre-approval, a pre-approval that is uh, a little more work that's involved, and so it's typically not as quick of a turnaround as a pre-qualification. Uh, they're usually getting uh, your lender's going to get more information from you, and they'll kind of delve into your financial situation a little bit deeper. And by the way, a good lender is happy to do a pre-approval for you. Um, uh, you know, of course, they want to. They're in a service-oriented industry, so they want to turn things around as quickly as possible. So, you know, if you're in a pinch and you want to put an offer in, um, you you know, at the very least, you're going in with a pre-qualification letter. But ideally, you've done this before you've even started house hunting, so that you aren't in a uh, in a bind and uh, and needing to get stuff right away. So if you are a seller and you've got a cash offer and you have a financed offer and uh, let's say the financed offer, they're offering you a little bit more for the property and it's an over in the other terms are more agreeable to you. Say they've got better close date and they're willing to take care of some other things. Um, then, you know, that might be an offer that you want to take, but maybe the cash offer you're kind of tempted because it's cash. Well, if they have a pre-approval letter, that is the lender saying that, uh, hey, these guys are uh, pretty solid financially. We need to go through underwriting, but if everything checks out, we should be good to go. And your chances of getting, uh, you know, of your buyer qualifying for the loan are, you know, are much higher than, say, if you just had a pre-qualification letter, which, again, is not as much work. It's just running credit and, um, and you know, looking at the buyer's uh, income. So, What's better than a pre-approval letter, though? And there's another step you can take to have an even stronger offer than just having a pre-approval, and that is full underwritten approval. Whoa, wait, what is that? Well, full underwritten approval means that your loan's already gone through underwriting, so the underwriter has already gotten all of your financial information from you that they need, and at that point, you just need to find a home that is going to fit the criteria. So as long as you're not finding a home that you know is in desperate need of repair or there's some other major red flag that would prevent you from getting a mortgage on the property, um, then uh, you should be in really good shape. And basically, when you have full underwritten approval, what the lender is saying is short of nuclear war, you're going to get the loan. 
So for a seller that is looking at offers and they've gotten uh, a letter here that says they have full underwritten approval, that's as good as cash. It's pretty much as good as cash. So long as, you know, your job situation doesn't change. Um, there isn't, you know, there aren't any, you don't go out and make any crazy purchases and buy, you know, new car or anything like that. But yeah, as long as everything stays the same during the escrow period, uh, the underwriter is saying that, hey, these this buyer is solid and uh, essentially that, you know, they will get the loan. And by the way, in contrast, there's no guarantee that a cash buyer is going to come up with cash in the end. You know, with a cash buyer, um, yeah, they're going to submit a, uh, a a proof of funds with their offer, or they should submit a proof of funds with their offer. And I, you know, I'm not saying oh, cash you know, cash offer is a bad thing. It's not. Cash offer is a great thing, but it's not a guaranteed thing. And um, you know, so. Full underwritten approval is not 100% guarantee. Cash, not 100% guarantee, but they are both a high guarantee that that buyer is going to uh, come through and complete the transaction. So uh, in any case, again, the whole point of pro tip today was how to compete against a cash offer. Uh, again, if you have a, a pre-approval, that's great. If you have a full underwritten approval, that's better. So you will not uh, likely be able to get full underwritten approval if you're doing streamlined mortgaging. Uh, streamlined mortgage, if you're not familiar with it, it's like, um, I think uh, like Rocket Mortgage, Quicken Loans, that uh, any of the online stuff is streamlined mortgaging. And the reason that they don't do full underwritten approval is it's just their process. They don't move, they're not gonna move you through uh, to the underwriter until you've gone through all the, the steps that uh, is part of their process. But if you're working with uh, a local lender, then they are more apt to do it for you. The underwriter is typically in the same building. A lot of times the underwriter is right down the hall. Um, as opposed to you know working with a big bank where um, you meet with your loan officer in your local branch and the underwriter may be in another location, they be maybe in another state depending on the size of the bank. But uh, if you're working with a local lender, yeah, they, they can probably do a full underwritten approval for you. Talk to your loan officer about that and see if they offer it. And if they do, I highly recommend that you go for full underwritten approval uh, it will make your offer so much stronger, and you definitely want to be doing this before you start your home buying process. I have beaten cash offers with full underwritten approval clients. So uh, pro tip for the day. Well, now it's your turn. If you have any topics that you'd like to hear in future podcasts, uh, let us know. Or if you have any questions you'd like to have answered, you can reach me by email mike at welcomehomelv.com. You can also contact me through uh, Twitter at welcomehomelv. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. You guessed it, welcomehomelv. And that's LV as in Las Vegas. Welcome home, the letter L, the letter V. Welcomehomelv.com if you want to visit the website. As always, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll look forward to catching up with you on the next one. Until then, I'm Mike Duran, and this has been Real Estate for the Rest of Us. (laughs) 